on the way down, I want you to just high five your neighbour and say, neighbour, watch your mouth. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're in church, right? We can't say words like that. You're lucky I toned it down to... What did I say, neighbour? Watch your mouth. Hallelujah. Neighbour, watch your mouth. Hallelujah. So this morning we're going to continue with our detox series. Um, I'm doing a series about soul cleaning. And part of our soul cleaning series is watch your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. So our future is determined by what we say. Amen. Our tomorrow is determined by what we say today. Hallelujah. What we say today determines our tomorrow. And the, there is so much power in the words that we say and the words that we speak. Words are so important, right? And we can see that because we know that God created by not just the Spirit of God and the power of God, but also God created by His words. He said, let there be and it became manifestation. So if that is true about our God, then we can truly say that it is true about you and I. Neighbor, watch your mouth. Hallelujah. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and how we speak and what we speak has the power of life and has the power of death. Someone say life and it has the power of death. And if you and I are truly disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, then can I say that we need to start watching our mouth? Um, a few... Uh, a few months ago, maybe three or four months ago, as I made a comment on, on Facebook, on my private Facebook page, um, and it was around uh, prayer and it was around praying after the attack of our Muslim, of the Muslim temple in Christchurch, and I encouraged people about you know, just ensuring that we love, love is the, has the power to restore, right? And I got so much back, backlash um, from um, just loving and uh, we had a prayer here in our community in Wainuemata um, and when the, when the community came and asked about having prayer here, I said absolutely we'll have prayer in the centre um, as long as there's no Muslim cry prayer. But our Christian partners in our community, we will pray and we will, during that one minute of silence, we will bow our heads to our God. So that was determined, that was what was going to happen in our community because we are watchmen in Wainui Amata. Amen. We dictate and determine what is allowed in this community. And if something's not right, we have to stand up for what is right. Hallelujah. So I went to the prayer and we had our uh, several pastors praying uh, during that time and during that service. And I was standing next to my Muslim friends. And I felt that to be a very strong statement. As a Christian leader and as just a, a, a person in this community, I find it very powerful and important that they know that regardless of anything, love is the greatest thing that we can give. So because of this comment that I made, I got a really bad backlash um, from a particular person and I was determined not to respond, even though who knows that your kids are going to fight for you and you're like, can you not do that on Facebook? Like, mom, I've got your back and you don't have to have my back. It's all right. My back's pretty sharp. I can do it for myself. But anyway, it came to the point that I decided to confront this person face to face. 
because I needed to make it clear that he is, he is attacking the body in which he claims to be part of. And so I, I went and I met with this person. I rang up his pastor and I said, Pastor, you can see all the comments on, on, on Facebook. And I, I asked permission from his senior pastor in the heart if I could go to his church and have a conversation with this man. Me and my husband came, went there, and it wasn't about winning a fight. Amen. You don't need to, you don't need to do that, right? It was about me expressing the power of his words on social media. So I sat with him and I, you know what I shared with him? I shared, I asked him if he knew who I was. He goes, oh, you're Pastor Fina and you're Pastor of the Church. I said, no, that's not who I am. I just want you to know, do you know who I am? And he kept going back to my role, not who I am. See, who I am is not Pastor. I'm deeper than that. Right, so I said to him, "No, actually, um, uh, this is my husband. We've been married 28 years. We have four children. I have, uh, so we have seven beautiful grandchildren, and the effect of social media is affecting a generation." So I shared my story. I wanted him to see me. I wanted to punch his face first, but then I decided. Like, you all pretend you're holy, but I wanted to fivefold ministry him. But the Lord was dealing with my pride, right? And the Lord was dealing with my attitude and how I was going to respond to him. My husband still wanted to punch his face after the conversation. But regardless of what was happening, the power of his words was affecting me, regardless of if I'm saying it didn't affect me. Do you understand? And we understand, especially as women, women of God, we understand that we incubate everything that comes our way because God modeled us that way. He molded us to carry stuff. That's why we have wombs and men don't. When men don't have a womb, they've just got big bear bellies from their past. They don't have, just saying, they don't have wounds like we do. So we carry stuff, right? So we have to be careful about words. Words create life and death regardless on if you think you have a right to say that. Are you okay? We don't have a right to say anything. Is that okay? So when we came to the Lord, do you know how I came to the Lord? I said some words. See, when I asked Jesus into my life, I actually had to ask him from my own words. Angus couldn't stand and say, you know, Lord, I asked you to go into Athena's heart. I asked you to, to set her apart. I asked, even though that's wonderful that he is praying for me, but when I came to the Lord, I had to open my mouth and use my words. And when I use my words, the Bible says that instantly the Holy Spirit seals my heart. He seals it. And that is a guarantee of things to come. So when the Holy Spirit was deposited into me, he, he came to me because of my words. Life and death is in the tongue. Hallelujah. So there is power in what we say. Tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. So our tongue is so powerful that James tells us that it controls our whole body. It controls our whole body, our tongue. We can direct our entire life by the words that we say. And James is very clear that it's like our tongue is like a rudder in a ship. He says that our tongue gives a complete direction for where we're going. We can direct our life, we can direct our path, we can direct what financial blessings comes our way, we can direct what we see from the Lord by what we say. That is the power. 
He warns us that it is always going to be a struggle to tame the tongue. The tongue can't be tamed by a preacher. The tongue can only be be tamed by the work of the Holy Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit that can tame our tongues so that we have the ability to control it. Will we ever, ever come to a place that we're perfect? No, because God is working out the sanctification process in our lives. Amen? So the tongue is a powerful, small, a smallest muscle, but a powerful, powerful thing in a human body. So this morning again, our title is Watch Your Mouth. Say, Watch Your Mouth. I'm going to share, it's not a massive list, but I'm going to share some effects of a toxic mouth because we're doing detox and detox is about getting rid of all that yucky stuff within us and you all know that I detox every few weeks. I'm always going through my detox stuff where I'm drinking, I drink lots of water anyway every day, but where I I improve my health by eating all natural stuff and and I I don't eat meats, I don't eat anything red in, in regards to meat because I'm going through a detox and detoxing is good for your body but detox is also good for your soul and it's good for your spirit so I'm going to share some effects of a toxic mouth are we ready James 3 can we turn to James 3 and we're going to start in verse 1 where are we going verse are we okay this morning tell your neighbor this is good for us neighbor my husband's saying this is good for me Praise Jesus. (laughs) Seni's book, the book of Seni, chapter 3. So, James 3, verse 1. Let's read this together. Can we read this together? Are we ready? 1, 2, 3. My brethren. Uh, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. The teacher has the ability to influence. Everyone knows that, right? And as um, students, we are influenced by what our teachers do. And if you're at university or whether at school or just in life in general, even with parents to, to children, you have the ability to mold a life by what you say. And James uses a teacher and people can think, well, that, that's not me. I'm not a teacher. I, I don't teach. I, 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 you know, I work in the factory. But can I suggest to us this morning and challenge us this morning that every one of us are teachers? I'm just saying. Potentially every one of us has the ability to influence everyone that hears what we say. So can I say that James may be talking about every single person who opens their mouth. That you'll be in stricter judgment by what we are saying. Influence, the things that we say out of our mouth has influence on the hearer. And as I stand here today... It fears me to pieces. I, you know, we've been in ministry for a very long time, and it doesn't make it any easier for us to get on this platform and speak. And platforms, you know, wherever we go overseas or in New Zealand, we don't take it lightly because the fear that what we are saying to the body of Christ shall be judged in, this, in days to come. Amen? And to be completely honest, can I say this to us? We should be judging words. 
even words from this platform. We should be ensuring that what has been said from this platform is correct and in line with the doctrine of the word of God. Um, because the Bible is very clear that we could be like someone that is tossed to and fro by every doctrine that comes our way. Because it sounds good and it feels good and it feels right and it kind of sounds like the word of God. But if you dig deep enough, you'll kind of discover, actually, that's been placed out of content. So James is saying and comparing many people to as teachers. Let me say this to everyone. We are all teachers and we're all influencers in those who are hearing the words that we say. In Proverbs 18:21, a very well-known verse that many people quote and quote and quote. But let's read this together. Death and life And those who love what? What comes out of your mouth, you will eat the fruit, whether it's life or whether it's death. You're going to eat what you say. You're going to eat what you say. I'm going to eat what I say. Jesus teaches us that everyone produces some kind of fruit. What fruit are we producing through the words that we're speaking? And this is very, very important for us to understand because we take, we don't think about what we're thinking, what we should be thinking about. And Paul alerts us to this and he goes, I should be doing what I should be doing, but I can't do it. And I just, I'm trying, I'm trying to do it, but what I should be doing, I don't do. And even though I know I should be doing it, I don't do it. And if that is true for Paul, can I just say that it may be true for many of us this morning that we are struggling to tame our tongue. What are our children hearing? You're teaching. And you may think, well, I'm not saying it to my kids, but maybe you're saying it in the atmosphere in which our children are being birthed into. The power of tongue. See, for many of us, um, it, you know, me growing up, we weren't birthed into, oh, you can do it, daughter, you can do anything, you put your mind to it. No, it's like, you are so dumb, you are so stupid, you're never going to do anything in the rest of, rest of your life, you're never going to accomplish anything. And if you had a lifestyle like that growing up, that can really hinder your walk because you start believing what is being taught to you. And if it's spoken to you long enough, you start believing it. That's why when we come into the body of Christ, it is important, can I say important, and important and important, that we edify one another with love and we edify one another with words of life because we don't know what their week was like and how much battle they had to combat because they're getting pushed from all these words and all this negativity. And to be completely honest, we don't want to come into church and hear all that. We hear that in our life. We don't want to hear it where we're supposed to be edifying and empowering and encouraging and enhancing one another, the power of words. Have you ever listened to what comes out of your mouth? Have you ever listened to the words that you pray? Have you ever listened to the words, your words, when you talk and when I talk? Have we listened to what we speak over the phone? Have we listened to what we're saying over social media and Facebook and twit twit and tweets, all those tweets and, and all those stuff that my team do, tweets and follows and 
Do we actually listen to what we are saying? Because if we want a world that is full of love and, and full of peace, and if we want a world that is conquering and overcoming, you can't speak death into that world because that's what you're going to be manifesting. We've got to speak love. We've got to speak light. We've got to speak, speak joy. We've got to speak it even if we don't believe it. Can I tell you, every morning my husband has this thing that he tells himself how beautiful he is. Every morning he like, oh, you're so handsome. He stands in front, gosh, you're so handsome. And I just think to myself, honey, you've never changed. You look the same. Like you're getting older. Your hair's getting grayer. But he has this thing where he's, he's, he's like speaking into his life like he's still a young man. And I just think to myself, we can actually learn something from this island boy who stands in front of the mirror in the morning and tells himself how handsome he is. Now, I don't know about you, but he's still got grey hair and he's still got that belly. But he tells himself that he is handsome. And I tell you what, there's power in that because he may almost be at retirement age, but man, he looks hot for almost 65. Just saying. (laughs) His son's like, oh my gosh, mum, you did not just say that. Just edit that off social media. So we need to listen to the words that we say because hearers are listening to what we're saying and we're influencing the hearers by the words that we speak. In Luke 6.45 it says these words, a good man out of the good treasures of the heart bring forth good. See, it's not what goes in that really matters. It's what's coming out. It's not what goes in that defiles us. It's, it's what's coming out that really harms and hurts us. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 7 says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So James brings a warning to us that we will be judged for every word that comes out of our mouths because we are teachers, regardless on if you think a teacher has to be in front of a classroom or on a platform or on anything, you are teaching somebody. We're going to watch our mouth. Amen. Tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. The second thing, is that our mouth will determine our direction in life. James 3, verses 3 and 4. Can we read that together? James 3, verses 3 and 4. Let's go. Indeed. Okay, Taiho, let's do this together. Let's get the word like stirring up in our spirit. Hallelujah. Let's go. Indeed, we put... Jane gives us two illustrations of the power of the tongue. Power of the tongue that changes the course of your life. A bit in the mouth of a horse. Such a small and significant part, but that bit in the the mouth of a horse can change the direction and flow of that horse. See, the horse can trot by just doing something to that bit. The horse can run, the horse can jump by the direction of the bit. The horse can be moved left and right 
even the horse can go backwards. Like, have you seen a show horse? They go left, right, they they do that fancy. I'm not a horse, I'm not showing you. But they, you know, they run, they, they jump things, and then they go backwards, and then they even dance to the side, just by a little bit in their mouth. That's the power of our tongues this morning. A rudder is a small piece of wood that, is, that can, be, can determine a large ship, the direction of that large ship. The tongue may be one of the smallest muscles in our body, but can I tell you, the tongue carries great, great power. I think about the tongue in three ways, the body, the soul, and the spirit. And I always bring up this because we sometimes confuse things in our lives. And, and I might bring this illustration. I might, yeah, I think I will. Can I just have three people, please? Oh, oh, come on, come on. Oh, you can be the body. Just stand down there, please. Peter, man, you're the soul man. Oh, you're the angel, you're the spirit. <laughs> if you can just spread yourself just along here and just be on a straight line, thank you. Can the body please get in line? Thank you, thank you. The body's always last to... To follow, I want us to understand we all know that we're three parts, right? Say I'm three parts. So we, you know, we have a body. The, always say it this way we have a body, we've got a body, everyone's got a body, right? Bodies are the only legal vehicle that, that life can come. You can't come if you're not in the body. The Bible says that you're illegally unauthorized to be on earth so the body is as as everyone's got one and then we've got a soul which what mind will and emotions and then we say we've got a spirit but you know before we have a spirit we're kind of like dear to christ so just like that yeah um and so do you know what happens with our body um we make the body look good regardless of what's going on in there um we dress the body no matter if the mind is not in good health. We put beautiful lipstick on and makeup and we colour our hair, even though we're emotionally drained, depressed and upset. But the body has this ability to hide what's happening here. And the majority of the time, what's happening here is because the spirit is not alive in Christ. And even when the spirit is alive in Christ, we kind of put the body in front of the spirit, so we say we kind of we attracted to the body instead of really dealing with the spirit issues in our life. See, the Bible says that when we come to Christ, that we're seated in heavenly places and we are positioned with Him, right? And we all know it. So we're positioned with Christ when we come to Him. Our spirit becomes alive in Christ. We get regenerated in the spirit. But do you know that your language doesn't change? Your figure doesn't get skinnier. You, you, you don't get blue eyes and blonde hair when you come to Christ. This remains the same, but this is, 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 is seated with God in heavenly places because you become one with him, right? We put so much emphasis. When I talk to people about why they want to marry a particular person, they go, because he's so awesome, because he looks hot, because he takes care of me, and they're attracted to this. 
They're attracted to what this person is able to do. And then the emotions and the will and your mind is not not whole because you're living by these two realms instead of this realm. Our mouth is here, but it's part of here. Our mouth is here because your mind will and emotions. And when your soul is unhealthy, it reflects here because you've got to open your physical mouth for words to come out. Why am I showing you this? Because we always put the body first. You choose your mate by what you see. And I tell the body of Christ all the time, don't go to the bush, you're going to find a mongrel. Excuse my language, but that's what it's called in the word of God. Stay in the garden. Because when you stay in the garden, you're going to find someone that God has purposely matched you with. And we emphasize this more and more with young people all the time. When I see them, they, want their, they think they're in love with the person and they're only in love with this. They don't see that. At this point of time, many people, they like this. Come forward, please, body. Can you just obey? <laughs> In the middle. That's what we look like. Body, soul, spirit. But can I say to us this morning, we're actually more of this than any of the other two rounds. We're more that. Because he says, behold, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and you're new. What's new? Nothing's new in the body and definitely nothing's new in the soul. You're still smoking. You still swear. You still go to the pub. You still do things that you know you shouldn't be doing because God's working in that part of your life. It's okay. Just chill out. Just breathe and walk with God because he's going to teach you how to get your soul and your body in line with your spirit. It takes time. So when we come to Jesus, we go, okay, you've got to cut out all your friends and you've got to, you can't do this and you can't do that. Instantly, you failed. Instantly, you failed because you've just been renewed in your spirit, but your body and your soul has no clue how to react to this new created life that God gave you. And that is exactly like our mouth. Our mouth needs to be renewed daily by the renewing of our mind. And our mouth needs to be changed. But it's got to submit to the things of the Spirit. Our mouth doesn't change by just teaching. Our mouth changes when the Holy Spirit comes and deals with stuff. See, what was acceptable for me to say many years ago may not be acceptable for me today. Even though I loved Jesus three years ago and I, and I, I was walking with the Lord, but that 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 no longer is acceptable to me now. Why? Because I'm maturing in Christ more and more and more and more. Because why? God's working on this. And when God works on my soul, my body starts to change. You know when someone comes to Jesus, something changes over them. You go, oh my gosh, you look great. You don't know, but something looks great in unto glory. And you think, what's happened? Well, she just received Jesus. The countenance of someone changes and you're just like, wow, you look so good. Friends, don't put too much emphasis in this. Even though you have to look good. Look, come on. You've got to look after what God gave you. We've got to look, we, we've got to be healthy because we've got to carry the work of the Lord. We've got to carry things. We've got to, we've got to carry the anointing of God. We've got to, we've got to do things. We've got to have a, a body that can 
Do what God requires us to do. If you're not fit and if you're not healthy, come on. Don't tell me to pray for your knees. Just lose weight. Are you okay? I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm telling you the truth. Cause I used to be that type of person. I'd go to the pastor's pastor and can you please pray for my leg? And they'll pray and they'll, I'll still be sore knees because I was carrying too much weight. Sam, you know what I mean? I love you. I'm telling you, it's like, this is true, right? So we come to Jesus. Spirit is positioned with Christ. Our condition is still being worked out on. Condition, come over here, Sal. It's still being worked behind the body because you just stay in order. Okay. The position is settled. Our condition is being worked on. Please know this is the work of the Spirit of the Lord. So if you're doing things and saying things that are contrary to the Word of God, may I just tell you, it's probably because it's out of line. You've got to move the body back behind the Spirit of God or the Spirit, your regenerated Spirit, and see yourself as Spirit. Just have a body, a temple. And you've got a mind, will, and emotions that God is always and continually working on in our lives. It's never going to be finished. Do you understand? It's never going to be finished. We're always going to, he's always going to be working on us. But what he started in us, he promised he will complete in us. Amen. So can you just trust that God's doing work in your life? All right. And if things aren't working out okay, just submit and surrender again to the Spirit of God and ask him to teach you his ways. Create in me a clean and pure spirit. And when you create in me a clean and pure spirit, my body's going to follow. Because he's creating in me a clean and pure spirit. Amen? Okay. I might bring you back. Just take a seat. Thank you. So the tongue being one of the smallest smallest muscles has the most powerful influence in our, in our walk with God. This power may be positive. This power may be negative. What are we saying? Tell yourself, watch what you're saying. So our tongue determines the course of our life. And if we are saying things about ourselves that are negative, that's what's going to manifest in our lives. Um, You all know what LCC we do, right? And our social service arm, we've got the social service arm. I just think to myself, how can we do what we do? And sometimes negative thoughts can come in my head because I think we're inadequate. Sometimes negative thoughts come into my brain like, I think I can't do it. But I have to check those thoughts and pull every thought and make it captive because I don't want to speak what I'm thinking because I'm checking my thinking and it's not lining up with the word of God. Have you ever considered what you're thinking needs to be pulled down before you say what you're thinking? Because there are some things that I want to say to people, like seriously I want to say, and when I think on it, it's not what God wants me to say. It's what I want to say. So I've got to take those words and pull them down and make them captive so I don't say what I'm thinking. Does that make sense, friends? So if we're going to say negative things about ourselves, we're going to keep manifesting the negative. How about saying, I am going to succeed? How about saying, I can do this? 
How about saying, I will pass this exam? How about saying, I will make it? How about saying, I will overcome this issue? How about saying, I have got a sound mind? How about we start saying things in our lives that are going to change the course of our lives? Even our self-image is in our words. What we say matters. What we say about ourselves matters. And this is what pride does. Pride does not allow us to take compliments. Oh, Kathy, you are amazing. Oh, no, I'm not, Pastor. You are just awesome. Oh, no, I'm not. No, it's not, I'm not. Oh, whatever. And we don't understand that we need to learn to take honour. Because God says that when we're in glory, we're going to lay down our crowns of honour. So how? what are you laying down if you're not going to receive honour? When people say, oh, Pastor, you're doing a good job. I say, praise Jesus, he's good in my life today. Oh, Pastor, you know, yes. you know, when my husband, he, every day, this man, he goes, gosh, you look hot or you look sexy today. You're looking fine, my girl. He says it every day. Every day I walk past the car like I'm a little girl, like, oh, please don't say anything. Please. And I hop into the car and he goes, geez, you look good today, my wife. I've learned to receive that because he's building me. With his words, he's building me. And I'm not talking about prideful and thinking that I'm the bomb, diggity, bomb, bomb, or whatever you want to call it. But I'm receiving that, so I'm building myself. Amen? So words have the power to build yourself up. Amen? So when someone tells you you can't, that's a lie. They're hearing it from a liar. When people say that you're useless, that's a lie, because that's not the word of God. It took me years to build myself up because all I heard all my life was all the bad stuff. So I responded the bad way. I did the bad things. But it took years to break that over my life and I could break it. I didn't need anyone else to break it. I broke it. I spoke life over myself. I told myself I can do it. I told myself I will succeed. I told myself I will do do great things for the kingdom of God. I told myself. And you need to tell yourself some good stuff. Amen? So watch your mouth. So your mouth can destroy those around you. (laughs) Um, Let's read James 3, 5 and 8. Let's read this together. Even so, the tongue is a little member. Let's read this together. Even so. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is so set among our who that it defiles what? And sets on fire. Where is it set on fire by? How? For every kind of beast and bird. Is tamed. But no man can tame the tongue. Our tongue is like a small fire that can start a huge forest fire. What's James' point is that this tiny spark has the ability to burn forests. 
And it's set within members that can defile the whole body of Christ. You don't believe, or you may not believe, that what you say jeopardizes the move of God in this house. What we say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday sets the course for this body and its direction. What we say Monday to Sunday, every single day, 24 hours a day, affects the body. It affects the people in this house. Now, sometimes I will challenge you, and, and I, I will challenge you, and I know some don't like me challenging, but if there are things that you are saying that is contrary to the word of God, I will challenge it. Not because I want to harm you, not because I want to hurt you, but because I'm protecting what God says that we need to protect. Social media does not give us the right to post stuff when we're not happy with things. Regardless on if it's this house or my brother and sister's house down the road or my brother and sister's house down further down the road, but what happens in the body of Christ, we as people and members of the body of Christ must protect it. The power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. It destroys people around you and we sometimes don't even know it's destroying them. A few words can rip and destroy the lives of many people. Hate speech. Speech against other people. It's harmful and it hurts. A handful of words. You cannot bring those words back, friends. Once we release words, we can't bring it back. Are we always going to be, we're not going to be perfect, but we've got to check ourselves. When we're wrong, we need to repent and say, look, I'm so sorry. Then keep going. But words have the power to destroy people around us and we need to be careful. Be careful. Tell your neighbor, you need to be careful. The tongue in James says that it has the power to destruct and bring destruction. And it says the tongue is set on fire by hell. It's in the, it's in the book of James. Your tongue is set on fire by hell. The power of the tongue. Heaven will never put down anyone's character on earth. Never. Heaven will never ever be rude. Heaven will never ever make us feel horrible. Heaven will never ever say that we're useless or worthless. Heaven will never say those words to us. Heaven will always love us. So what gives us the right to say those words to one another? And I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about in life in general. I'm talking about in our families, even with our work colleagues, even with people we don't like. What gives us the right to say words that are going to harm someone's character? Our words can destroy people. We need to manage our mouth or the power of how we operate it and destroy other people's lives. We've got to manage what we say. We've got to be careful what we're saying. And I know it's tough for us to, to sometimes hear this because we do want to hear all the nice stuff in the Word of God, but this is stuff that we need to know when we're going through our detox sessions, that we've got to watch, what, watch our mouth. Last week we covered about unforgiveness, about the sycamore tree. The week before we talked about Lazarus being bound and tied up. This is a personal 
walk for every single member in the body of Christ. This has got nothing to do with your neighbor. This is about you and God, that we need to examine our own lives. So our mouths can only be tamed by God. He says that, by, but no man can tame the tongue. It is only God that can tame our tongue. It's through the word of God. If we've got nothing good to say, don't say it. Um, it is so difficult, like, in our social service arm of the church. You know, we work with the most vulnerable New Zealanders. We honestly work with the most vulnerable New Zealanders. And, and many of you work with the most vulnerable Kiwis, right, in your, in your everyday walk. Or you may be living next to families or you may know families that, that are the most vulnerable. And, and to be completely honest, not every person that we have to work with is not the easiest person that we can love. And I want to say things to say, you don't have a right, like, how dare you talk like But we can't say those words. I think it, but I have to restrain myself and say, nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to get Adriana to say it. No, no, don't. <laughs> no, don't, no, 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 don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> but I'm just going to say, it's only God that can tame our tongues. And the more that we know God, and the more that we understand that the Spirit of God, like we've got to really know the Holy Spirit, the more that our tongue becomes, becomes tame. Why? Because we start understanding the will of God in people's lives. We start seeing people the way God wants us to see people and set it in judgment. Amen? So watch your mouth. The first, uh, the fifth thing that our mouth can do is hurt our credibility. And this is, this is a big vital thing. Um, because as pastors, um, everything that goes over my social media feed is fed through my team and then it's double checked and checked again, making sure that it's not out of line or making sure that it's in line with the word of God. And, and sometimes we are afraid to tell the truth because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm kind of over it. I kind of say it as it is. And if you don't like following me on social media, just unfollow. But words have the ability to affect our credibility. Are you okay? James 3, 9 to 12. Let's read this together. With it we bless our God and Father. And with it we curse man who have been made Out of the same mouth, let's read. And bitter from the same opening, can a fig tree, my brethren... It will bless our God and Father. In other words, we're going to praise God for the good. And the word curse literally means the speech that has been torn down. That out of the same mouth we bless God and out of the same mouth we tear things down. The same mouth we bless God, the same mouth we tear things down. We've got to watch our mouth. A person comes to church and during the service say, God is so good, God is so able. And then they use their tongue, they praise God, they thank God, and then they leave here and they use their tongue to destroy other people's lives. How can that be? How can we not be challenged in our own spirit? Not, I'm not talking about you looking at your neighbour and going, oh, you do that. No, I'm talking about us looking at ourselves. 
How can we with the same mouth praise God and with the same mouth pull people down? It cannot happen. A mouth of those who claim to be born-again Christians shouldn't praise God with their mouth and then tear their brothers and sisters down. It should not happen, friends. We should not be allowed to do that. We should know there's something in our spirit stirring us up and saying, no, that is not good. You should not be doing that. The Holy Spirit is there to tell us when we're doing wrong and bad things. And it's, it's an individual conviction. He is telling you as an individual, you shouldn't be saying that. You shouldn't be writing that. You shouldn't be doing that. It's the Spirit of God that is telling us. Our mouth has the power to hurt our credibility. James says in First James 26, it says, If anyone among you think he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this religion is useless. Wow. If anyone among you think he is a religious man, a religious woman, and can't control your mouth, you are deceived. You and I are deceived, and this is useless religion. That's deep. What we say can affect our credibility. When the lost hears the words that we praise God and then they hear us swearing at our neighbours. To be completely honest, we, our office is in the, in the heart of our community and I sit in that office and we're there you know, every day and we have community coming in, which we're housing and we're supporting them with food and everything. And when I leave the office and I have to walk out in the community, I'm very, very careful what I do and say because everyone's watching. When I go into countdown, and you know I love our countdown, love them to pieces, but sometimes they don't have the right items that I'm looking for and it's pretty frustrating. I have to control my frustration. And it is very hard. Why? Because they're watching. I want to say to the manager, sort yourself out. I want to tell the manager to get the stock in because I told them last week that they're out of stock and they said to me it's coming. But then another week's come and it's still out of stock. And I want to tell the manager, you need to be fired and someone needs to come in and do their job properly. But that's going to affect my credibility. Where's Grace? I preach it, I talk about it, I tell people Jesus loves them, and then I go and have an argument at Countdown with them. Not that any of you do, because you're just amazing, but I'm just talking about my, me. We've got to be careful what we say, because there are hearers that are hearing it, and I'm telling you what, it affects the credibility of the body and power of Jesus Christ. Remember that before you open your mouth to speak, Remember that before you open your mouth in front of people. Man, it's the hardest at work, right? It's so hard. I know, you're saying no because you work with me. (laughs) But it's hard at work. It's really, really hard at work. I I struggle sometimes at work, uh, you know, in in social services. It's very, very hard because you're dealing with government. You're dealing with people that, expect things to happen and they want it now and they want it this way and they and it's not in line with your values and your and it's very hard not to lash out with your words but can i tell you we're greater than that can i tell you we can withhold the words from our mouth so it doesn't harm our credibility 
um, I say this many times to people in this house, that when you open your mouth, you're representing this house. And you're like, no, I represent God. No, no, you represent this house. So I don't want to hear you say something about my brothers and sisters in Christ down the road because I'm going to bring it up in your face and say to you, why did you say that about my brother and sister at another church? Because it affects this house. Because you're members of this body of Christ. You're members of this home. And we've got to be careful what we're saying. Amen? Just like putting like on Facebook. Someone makes a stupid comment and you like it. I'm like, what are you liking that comment for? Not that any of you do it. And to be honest, I'm not on Facebook enough. My team does all my Facebook stuff. But I'm just like, I, when I stroll on, because my husband's a Facebook guru, he's awesome at it, when I jump on his phone and I see these silly comments and then people are like, 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 and I'm like, are you, are you in the same house as me? What, what are you liking that silly stuff for? It's like you're saying it with your own mouth. Be careful. It's affecting your credibility. Are you okay? Not that any of you like that silly stuff, but, you know, just in case. Before I finish, I want to ask you these questions. What are you saying in your words that are building the faith of other believers? Or what are you saying that are tearing down the faith of other believers? What are you saying um, to other believers that are tearing them down and making them feel that it is impossible? This morning, I just want us to just watch our mouth this week. Let's practice it this week. And maybe again next week. And maybe again the following. And just let's just keep practicing it. Because the more we get better at it, the more we start checking our words and what we're saying. Um, in relationships, it's a big thing with husbands and wives. It is easy for us to assault verbally our husbands or our wives than it is with someone else. You've got to watch your mouth with each other. Are you okay, husbands and wives? You're good, right? So we've got to just watch ourselves. Over this detox series, we've talked about many things about bondage and freedom and we've talked about the sycamore tree in regards to unforgiveness. We're talking about the mouth and these are practical things that you and I can get better at. Amen. The more that God and the Holy Spirit works in our lives, just check yourself. Is that okay? All right, be upstanding. Hallelujah. Go, Jake. Get up there and...